lots of water in Scotland? Asked Kenny Dalgleish of journalists who were asking him to comment on Alex Ferguson, saying Blackburn would win the 1995 Premiership, barring a Devon Lock-style collapse. In his memoir, Dalgleish put it down to mind games and took it as a compliment. He was trying to intimidate us. In the end, Blackburn won the battle, but United went on to win four of the next five premierships. In his book on the most famous of those, the treble-winning season of 1998-99, The Promised Land, United fan and critic Daniel Harris concluded that the game Ferguson played was fast, exciting, original football, defend properly, attack whenever possible. Ferguson understood that football is simple and humans are complex. For all his faults, the world is a better place for his presence. Ferguson became a commander of the British Empire in 1995 after the double victory, the year after which David Beckham first played for Manchester United in a Champions League 1994-95 dead rubber against Galatasaray. He scored with a bobbled shot. In his memoir, My Side, Beckham showed his appreciation for the gaffer. He involves the younger players in training as soon as he feels they're up to it. After Beckham signed for United, he kept tabs on him by attending games and keeping a dialogue going with fabled youth coach Eric Harrison. Gary Neville, Beckham's best man, liked how he could go into his office and see him whenever I wanted. The first team induction was thrilling. We had learnt the ropes off those players, travelled round Europe with them, listened to his team talks, watched the players play and eventually they made way. Paul Scholes was very small, and Ferguson worried that he wouldn't make it as a pro. I loved watching teams trying to mark him out of the game. He would take them into positions they didn't want to go to, and with a single touch would turn the ball round the corner or faint away and hit the reverse pass. In 1998, Brian Kidd suggested to the gaffer that the team needed a more physical player up front. John Hartson was suggested, and according to Dwight York, Ferguson had queried this. At over £12 million, York, who scored in the opening game of the 95-96 season for Aston Villa against Manchester United, became a Red Devil. York had also scored a hat-trick for an under-19 international team against a United team containing Darren Ferguson. Andy Cole had heard Alex Ferguson was gruff, hard to please, tough. But when the pair met for the first time after he signed for the club, Cole found he had this aura, this way of talking to you about the club and the game. I don't think many footballers who met Ferguson to discuss a possible move didn't end up signing. Cole was signed, Ferguson told him, because their opponents were more defensive, especially in the final third, and Cole would offer a striker who could get into his feet, turn quickly, get shots away in tight spaces. In his memoir, Fast Forward, Cole writes that at United everything was done with military precision, suits on, shirts pressed, shoes polished, timekeeping spot on or else. So frightened was Cole to disappoint the manager that he missed the birth of son Devante even though he never made any demands on me because the 1994-95 season was coming to a climax. Happily, Devante got to play with Dad's 1995-96 Premiership medal. And more besides. At one point... Eric Cantona, who never spoke, said that trying to stop Steve McManaman, the only player he ever paid attention to in the Premier League, was a bad idea. Ferguson abandoned the plan. Cantona's presence was great, but before the Bosman ruling, a 3 plus 2 rule left English clubs hamstrung. He was impatient for Europe to see how good he was to make a statement on the big stage, writes Peter Schmeichel in his memoir. 
Schmeichel was famously left out in a 4-0 defeat at the Nou Camp. The tactics were an attempt to surprise Barcelona in their own stadium, which was ridiculous. Steve McLaren talks about the trust placed in him by the manager. He trusted his players when they crossed the white line. He trusted me to coach, it seems, to get the best out of you. Michael Crick notes that David Moyes would have got the number two position if McLaren had stayed at Derby County, where he was assistant to Jim Smith. Like Brian Robson, whom he eventually joined at Middlesbrough, Gary Pallister also left Manchester United when the time was right. The club accepted the bid, but the manager told me it was up to me to decide. It was my time to go. Pallister's finest night was the Cup Winners' Cup victory in Rotterdam that felt like a Manchester evening, rainy and misty. Pallister and the newly signed Cole played in the game at Selhurst Park when Eric Cantona was sent off. The boss walked in and piled into Pally and David May. He then turned to Eric and calmly said, Eric, you can't do things like that. Right, Schmeichel. That was the incident which arguably cost United the double as Cantona was scapegoated, suspended and almost walked out of football. In 1998, Ferguson added a fourth striker and it could be said that both York and Teddy Sheringham replaced one Eric Cantona. In his memoir, one Peter Schmeichel says that what Fergie was really good at was understanding exactly what a team needed and finding not just the right player but the right type. Someone independent, strong-minded, who could stand up for themselves, whatever the circumstances. They didn't have to be loud, but they had to have character, and the hairdryer was only used rarely. He handpicked personalities who could handle confrontation. Gary Neville, for example, was a big player because of his mentality more than his ability. Referencing Cantona, Fergie treated every player differently to an extent. Everyone was managed and dealt with according to their personality. Schmeichel also remembers when Ole Solskjaer was sent off for a professional foul. I never saw the gaffer so angry. He detested cynical play. He yelled at his striker, This is not who we are. Kevin Keegan could certainly motivate the team, but Sir Alex could work with individuals. At one stage, the gaffer sat in the room while Cole was interviewed by the police. Cole wasn't the felon. His presence calming everything down, putting Cole at ease. It was unbelievable what he did to protect his players. Dwight York appreciated the way Ferguson teams never ever give up, that you keep playing the way that you have been coached to play. No matter how long is left, no matter how you want to panic, you keep playing. Ferguson's magic, to conclude, was getting his players to believe and to read the hearts and minds of his players. And yet, he wasn't a training ground coach. York can barely recall him taking more than a couple of sessions with the players, which were uncomfortable for both. In his own 1998 memoir, a year after his move to United, Teddy Sheringham reveals the open secret that Ferguson let Brian Kidd do the coaching while Ferguson did the motivation. Where Alex really comes into his own is just before a game, going through the opposition's strengths and weaknesses. Sheringham writes with the disappointment of losing all three trophies in 1997-98 that the side that wins the Premiership and the European Cup in the same year is going to have to be some team. Sheringham cites the ridiculously packed schedule of the English game. The most illuminating part of Peter Schmeichel's book is about the holiday that he took at the beginning of 1999. Schmeichel was grateful for a much-needed break after a busy few years. Ferguson got his planner out, and Schmeichel was given an extra week off in January, where he took the family to Barbados. 
He needed it. The season climaxed with 14 games across three competitions in April and May. Everyone, Schmeichel says, all or nothing. Perhaps the hectic nature of life meant that Schmeichel had prematurely announced that he was leaving United at the end of the 1998-99 season, which was such a big regret that he tried to return in 2000 and ended up running over the family dog because he could not believe Ferguson could not explain why the deal could not be completed. It was because Fabien Barthez had been signed instead, his erratic form put down to travelling back to France to see his wife and newborn. Critics saw how Ole Solskjaer never criticised his United players when talking to the press, never giving them ammunition. He learned this from the boss, who would say one thing to the journalist, then, according to Andy Cole, would be tearing absolute strips off his players. Another revelation from Cole's memoir, Fast Forward, concerns the Southampton game when United wore their grey away strip and had to change into their blue and white striped alternate kit at half-time. We were just playing badly. The manager found an easy excuse. Conversely, look at the suits they're wearing. They think they've won this, was the motivation for the 1996 FA Cup final against Liverpool. The gaffer used to look at the big picture, writes Cole. Look at the manner of the defeats. Give the opposition credit. Praise our effort if it had been acceptable. On one occasion, he told his squad not to be sloppy. And the team went on to win three trophies, as well as relegating Brian Kidd's Blackburn Rovers. Cole would sign for Blackburn soon afterwards for £8 million. He was desperate to go to the 2002 World Cup, but needed an operation on his foot. I was going to be out for a bit. You might be out for good, was his justification for going for the op. As for tactics, Cole recalls that the gaffer went mad if we overpassed and that the ball should go to the forwards. They'll win us the game. He was brilliantly simple. He hated gimmicks and zonal marking was a nonsense to Ferguson. Cole spent most of the 1998-99 season having focus being yelled at him by the manager. Cole writes about a 20-year reunion of the treble winners. The gaffer walks in. Silence. His eyes misting up. He pauses, looks around and says... Bloody hell, Henning, remember your clearance off the line against Inter. Four graduates of United's Academy, but Gary Neville, Beckham and Giggs, started the final. Scholes was suspended. Three were on the bench. Philip Neville, John Greening, Wes Brown, making it seven from 18. Giggs' goal against Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final replay, says Michael Crick, was one of the greatest goals of all time. In 1999, Ferguson forbade any United player to attend an awards dinner because David Ginola, and not Dwight York, who had scored plenty of goals in his first season, had won. Worse for Yorkie, he was left out of the FA Cup final so as to be fit for the Champions League final four days later. How could you argue with the man? York reasoned in his memoir, which also gives rise to why player and manager fell out. York was told he was failing by his manager, who wanted his striker to up his game after a brilliant treble-winning season. Soon he felt that he was damned if he did and didn't. So when he wasn't picked for a game against Chelsea, he left the stadium and was spotted by Sky staff. Justifiably, the gaffer went ballistic, as he did after York reported late for training after a weekend away. Until you show more commitment to this club than the club doesn't want you here, he yelled. When Ferguson pushed York physically towards the Middlesbrough dressing room and then Ferguson unannounced his retirement, York knew it was time to go. 
Yap Stam, by the way, wasn't sold because of comments made in his memoir. He'd had a nightmare against Fulham, and it was wise to sell after Lazio had offered the money. A footnote. Ron Atkinson was a summariser on ITV's coverage when United won the Champions League. After Atkinson was sacked, it had taken 13 years for Ferguson to revamp the club. This, given the modern style of how a football club is run, is something that no manager is likely to ever do again. Ferguson's United were the fourth team after Glasgow Celtic, Ajax Amsterdam and PSV Eindhoven to win two domestic trophies and a European trophy in the same season, putting the gaffer in the same stratosphere as Jock Steen, Renus Mikkels and Chus Hiddink. Like 